Hello and welcome to the Minnesota Family Law Podcast. The podcast by, with, for, and about family law professionals. My name is Tom Tuft and I'm a family law attorney with an ADR provider with the law firm of Tuft, Locke, Jerebeck, and O'Connell. I hope you were able to enjoy the beautiful weekend weather. Now we are back at it on this Monday morning for another week of remote practice. There's a lot to pay attention to this week. For example, we are now a week away from the governor's stay-at-home order expiring. The consensus among colleagues is that the order will be extended, and many colleagues are contemplating continuing the social distancing remote practice approach, regardless of the weather the governor extends his order. I think it helps to give us some perspective when we can hear how attorneys outside the Twin Cities metro metro area are practicing. This is, after all, the Minnesota Family Law Podcast. My guest today has attended the University of Minnesota Law School. She's had a variety of experiences in the law. She clerked for the Honorable Jack Davies at the Minnesota Court of Appeals. She has served as past president of the Itasca County Bar Association. She has been involved with legal aid agencies. She has been a partner in a law firm and since 2007 has been a solo practitioner in Grand Rapids. I first met her when we were both serving on the state E&E committee. I am so pleased to have a chance to talk to family law attorney Sarah Swanson. What uh, is the experience in Itasca County with uh, the pandemic? Is it is it hitting it like it is in the cities or what's going on? Yeah, currently it is not. Like a lot of, I think, greater Minnesota from what I've read, but I know in our county in particular, we only have two confirmed cases of COVID-19. And I would imagine there's obviously more cases because we don't have the testing um, that people would like to have. But we have had zero deaths so far and only two confirmed cases. We have about 40,000 residents in Tosca County. So it's obviously a really low statistic at this point. And I think a lot of greater Minnesota um, rural communities just aren't being hit in the same in the same way that they are in the metro. That is interesting. So um, I know here, you know, we're definitely, I, I would say business is slower um, for most uh, of us. And, you know, we're not meeting clients um, in person. And frankly, they're not, not as many calls for, for attorneys right now. Uh, what's, what's the experience in your area? Yeah. So in terms of how COVID is impacting um, caseload and that piece of it, I would say that it has um, probably been an overall general slowdown for most people from the other attorneys that I have talked to. Um, I still have been relatively steady, I guess is the word that I would use to describe my caseload. And part of it is the fact that I have, I've been so busy up to this point that some of it is probably catching up on some of those files as well. Um, and moving things forward that have been already in process. I would say the phone has not been ringing as often as it was prior to a month or so ago when this started. Um, But in speaking with other attorneys, it sounds like a lot of them in particular that do some criminal law combined with doing some family law have made comments about, you know, counting the number of ceiling tiles in their offices or the phone just not ringing. So I think it's varied a little bit too is the other thing I would say. I think some people are busier than others right now. Um, and my tiny little town of, well, technically it's about 12,000, 20,000 at services that all live out on the lakes uh, within a 10 or 15 minute drive. Actually, it's about 25,000. There are probably a handful of us that do family law. And I would say that I've continued to be relatively busy. And I think that some of the call, some of my colleagues are, and some are slower. 
Are the courts, how are the courts handling family law cases? Yeah, that certainly has been a wide disparity of outcomes, seeing how that's played out with the courts. Um, most of my practice is here in Itasca County in Grand Rapids. And initially when the pandemic started about a month ago, then we got notices and things started getting canceled. Um, but I also do a fair, you know, sporadic number of cases at any given time over in Beltrami County to the west and over in Hibbing, which is up to the north east of us and in those counties it seems like the judges are all handling it different we have three judges in itasca county they've handled it different um initially everything was kind of canceled everywhere i think because people probably envisioned this was only going to last for a few weeks <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and so <laughs> i think that the judges thought well we'll just clear our calendars for a few weeks and only deal with urgent matters and then i think it was last a week ago monday I had an email from our family court administrator here in Itasca saying, okay, the judges are starting to reschedule default hearings. If you have any, let us know if you want us to reschedule those to appear by phone. Okay. Um, and then, again, I've done a couple of hearings recently in Hibbing, and I have one next Monday, I think, over in Beltrami County. And, again, those are largely default hearings, although I've had contested hearings, too. Um, I just had one a week and a half ago by phone with a judge from, uh, from Kuchiching which is International Falls. And he, that was a contested hearing that, that he was willing to proceed with. So it's been really interesting, actually, because different counties have all handled it so differently in terms of scheduling or canceling and, and rescheduling. It seems like it's been almost a case-by-case analysis. Would you, uh, in, a, in the normal course of business, do uh, hearings by telephone, or are they almost always personal appearances? You know, what I would say is that the judges here really want all of the attorneys to appear in person whenever possible prior to this. And that if somebody were testifying, for example, from, you know, three states away or a significant distance away, they would permit phone testimony by a witness if both parties consented. So very limited prior to this that judges wanted there to be phone testimony or or phone hearings, I think in part just because of the hassles in part with glitches with technology, but also then, you know, how does a judge assess credibility of a witness when the judge can't see the person that's testifying? Yeah. I mean, and that seems to be a common thread amongst the the bench um, that I, that I'm hearing. And then I, I hear some other fields where they've had people historically, um, there's opportunities for testimony by phone, like, you know, a, a judge, judge, judge up in Roseau gets a, a testimony from a Mayo Clinic doctor in Rochester um, sure. by by video. Those, those types of things have, have apparently been happening. I hadn't run into them before, but, um, you know, th- those have always happened, apparently, uh, for, for many years. But any discussion about doing hearings by Zoom or other video conferencing methods? Yeah, actually, I think, and again, because most of the family stuff got canceled or pushed out, I haven't yet had a hearing by Zoom. I've been doing some of my appointments by Zoom, but I haven't had phone hearings by Zoom. But I know that our county is doing them, and I think mainly in criminal cases, because we got an email here a week or two ago, I think it was last week, from the family court, or from the court administrator. And it basically was on proper decorum and how you shouldn't be eating lunch and smoking cigarettes and you shouldn't be wearing sweats for these video conferences because the judge is projecting them on a 60-plus-inch screen in the courtroom. Oh, sure. 
<laughs> and I thought it was quite hilarious. I thought, what person has been doing this that prompted this email from our court administrator? And well, then I saw one of our criminal defense attorneys who also does family law posted something about llamas. You can rent llamas or goats to be in the background of your Zoom meetings. Oh, jeez. You're the second person to mention that today. That's funny. Yes, I texted her, my friend, and I was like, hey, are you the reason we all got this email from court administration? Is it you showing up in court with llamas? <laughs> well, I did, excuse me, I did hear of a judge in Florida had to issue a kind of a letter admonishing the bar. Um, uh, and one story, he said that an attorney, a uh, male attorney appeared in for a hearing without a shirt on. And oh a fem goodness. female attorney appeared to be doing her decision or doing her court appearance from bed sitting under the, under the covers. So, so I was thinking only in Florida, but apparently also in Grand Rapids. Well, apparently there's been something going on in Grand Rapids that I haven't yet quite figured out what it was, but I'm assuming the email didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Um, any other changes or differences you can put your finger on? To your practice? You know, the only thing that I would say too um, is in terms of trying to schedule appointments with clients, particularly when it's an initial consultation, it's a real challenge, as you know, I'm sure, trying to do everything versus on video or on telephone, just in terms of clients wanting to bring documents in, they don't have access to printers, they need something Xerox, um, and just not having that ability to sit and ask questions in the same way. There's always something lost, it seems like, especially with phone. The Zoom, I would say, is, is a pretty good alternative, and mm -hmm. I've enjoyed using it um, because it at least keeps germs away from them and from me, and, right. <laughs> and nice. you can see each other, and I think it's a great option. Yeah, I just, um, did, a, a, I just did an initial consultation with a, a client in Arizona, and yep. I think, obviously, better than phone, and it wasn't yep. going to be possibly be in person, so that that one actually went um, went quite well. But yeah, that you know, seeing their body language and their lean and um, what yep. they're thinking, and it just you, you just don't get the same flavor for the person. Um, it is interesting. I actually this was about a year ago. I think I had a case where my client lived here in Minnesota. Her husband lived in Florida, so he'd hired an attorney there. And I got involved trying to help her just negotiate a settlement between the two of them with, mm -hmm. you know, with their attorneys. And I quickly realized that he was interested in using that to, or trying to use that to his advantage. And so I transitioned her over to an attorney in Florida. And we used Zoom for the three of us where my client was present in my office. And then the other attorney was in Florida. And it worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are places I, you know, I do a lot of ADR, um, and I've done now three via zoom and it's been really nice to, you know, the breakout room feature that you can put people in separate rooms and then kind of pop in and pop out. And, um, you know, you lose some, some things you know, again, the, the in-person is lost. Um, the, the chance to, as you're walking between rooms to think about things and it's like, sometimes ideas percolate instead of you're just you're popping in and out and sometimes the technology's in the way so sure. um, you know it's better than nothing for sure far far better but um not not quite as good as being there so yeah well that's interesting i didn't realize because we haven't done much uh zoom for adr stuff yet that there's multiple rooms that you can do so that will be helpful yeah, that's a. I mean, and I'm not aware if if that's available in, in other um, video software, but that that feature has made 
huge right. difference. It's it's really you're you know sort of you can do the caucus style mediation that that we can do uh, yep. when we're when we're together. So. Well, I do appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me and give give some perspective from Grand Rapids. I know sure. those of us in the cities don't always get that that there's more, there's more to Minnesota law <laughs> than just the Twin Cities. So um, it's as you know, I know you've been on some committees, state committees with me, and um, we're not commuting to you. You're you're actually being asked to come down here, so. Um, well, and now with Zoom, that's the other cool thing. Yes. We could do move meetings. Yes. And yes. not have to drive for seven hours. Yes, I can. Uh, Round trip. Maybe we'll <laughs> maybe we'll do more of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, again, thank thank you for your time, and I uh, look forward to talking again. And please feel free to check in if if there's any changes up there. That sounds good. Thank you. I appreciate visiting. That was a pleasure. It is always a pleasure to connect with Sarah, though COVID nineteen hasn't hit that area as hard as the twin cities it appears they're having the same challenges and learning curve as we are in the twin cities tomorrow lisa spencer managing partner at henson efron joins us to discuss how her firm is handling uh, practice under the pandemic now to my colleagues i say Thanks for listening, and I look forward to continuing these discussions. Now take care of yourselves, your family, so you can take care of your clients and your business. 